0: You are listening to Get Real Podcast. Well, these are some unusual days and times that we're living in, and we're going to do this edition a little bit differently. I'm going to date stamp this one. It is Sunday, March 15th, 2020, and Dan and I are right now self-quarantined in the fishbowl with everything that's going on out in the world. A lot of scary stuff going on out there, and we're going to shift gears a little bit and talk about what's going on in the world. So, Dan, you and I were talking yesterday, you were sharing some stuff with me about stuff that you've been hearing and that you've been thinking about with this outbreak of the COVID-19 or the coronavirus, so.
1: Yeah, a lot going on. Interestingly enough, some of my nerdery over the years has been to study pandemics, study what happened back in 1918 that's what you do in your free time (laughs) what do you do in your free time no for real i used to i was like h1n1 h h5n1 all all the different ones and i was like yeah we're overdue and so there is a historical precedent um over the last few years just with the fall of the legacy media or the exposure you know when we were kids you were like people would talk about a bias in the mainstream like the three networks they'd be like and then you would sound kooky, right? And right. Now, now they just full-fledged lie. I mean, just just no conviction. They they don't care. It's just it's propaganda. It's pravda. And so now I'm kind of more on a what people would think of a conspiratorial mindset, not with everything at all, but I'm like, there are a lot of things that are true that we just don't talk about, right? right. Or and so I when this first started unfolding, I was like, is this real? is this weirdo control freaks in the world trying to do what they do and there were a lot of weird things on both sides but i just i'm not i'm not one of those that makes everything into a conspiracy right and this one it seems like it's real whether or not it was manufactured or i don't know there's evil people and evil stuff goes on in the world you know
0: there is and when we were talking the other day and this is something that i want to share with our listeners That this is going on. It's a real issue. There is a real virus that's out there. There is a real coronavirus. There's real things going on. And it's going on I I really don't know all the details as to why and what, but I do know this, and that is God is allowing it in his sovereignty. Yeah. For whatever purpose that he's desiring to work out.
1: And it's I mean these things these things do happen. It's not like what is going on? We can look back to 1918. It was horrible, and the weird thing about that one is it killed people in the prime of life. It killed people like 25 to 30 something. That is unusual. Yeah, it would overwhelm. It was called, I think, a cytokine or cytokine storm, which um, their immune system would do an over response, and it would almost short circuit the immune system and kill the individual. It was it was really really a horrible thing. But there's a lot of um, I don't know. It, it, A lot of interesting things just that get kicked around on the internet and you go, hmm. Like I said, about anything that leads me to nihilism or anything, then I'm like, I'm going to open up and question whatever I want to question, but that doesn't mean I have to be a weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need the tinfoil hat. Yeah, yeah. No, not at all. But this one, you know, it's weird. Like, did you hear the thing about Wuhan? Uh, It's like a 15 million person city uh, in China that this actually broke out in the area where they have their bio defense like weapons laboratory, which is a little spooky. It is a little spooky. Did yeah. you see the photos of the bats? The bat soup. I didn't see okay, that. No. Well, all over the internet, they eat some weird stuff in China, and it's it would be easy to really judge that hard, but they went through some harsh famines, communism. Bring starvation and genocide every time. And when you're hungry, you're going to eat. You're going to eat. And so they passed a law in China, Glenn. This is interesting. Um, during the famine, people got so freaked out. And they the communists had all these laws where they couldn't get imports and couldn't get certain things. They got so liberal. They eat anything. I mean, they'll wow. eat um, bats. They'll eat Cats, dogs. I mean, they'll deny it, but they really do. I think Mac knew that you were going to come up to that because he just just started barking. That was my intimidation move right there. (laughs) Mac was like, what did he just say? (laughs) They're eating sky puppies? (laughs) Yeah. No, but they eat a lot of heavy-duty stuff. But when you think about, as a society, going through starvation where tens of millions, I want to say it was like 40, 50 million people died during those famines, and when that happens to a generation, they'll eat any, I mean, I, so I don't blame them. They'll eat snakes, they'll eat frogs. I mean, things that would not be on the menu for us. Um, they're just like, oh, this is normal. So you'll see a, uh, they're, they're eating bats, they're eating these things. And you're like, you want to judge, but then you back off and go like, whoa, their parents or grandparents may have starved to death. You know, this is a big deal. And so the wet markets, I learned a lot about those. They're disgusting. They don't think about hygiene the way that we do as far as the marketplaces so they just have no refrigeration all these types of meat wild animals of every kind and they're sitting out there and the blood the guts the whatever it just gets washed off with water no bleach no sanitizer hand washing is not a big deal so it's it's a bad it's a perfect storm for this stuff to happen so it's a real thing um whether or not you know it's a Really, really, really wicked thing. Although it's hard to identify the players, you know, if you're looking, okay, where are the thirty threes? Where's the <laughs> right? If you're looking for the numerology, if you're looking for the it. numerology, and and there's there's strange things uh, afoot with this one, but not to the point. It's hard to see a winner. Who wins? You know, uh, the whole world's getting shut down everybody's yeah. going to financially hurt other than if you're, like, selling toilet paper, I guess, you know. <laughs> Why is that such a big deal? I don't know. Everybody I have no runs idea. runs goes, you know, is that the first thing you think of when you think of some deadly virus going around? And you're like, my bum.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, because I got plenty of coffee filters downstairs that can no, that's be a good, used that's instead. A good,
1: that's a good hack, man.
0: Useful tip for our listeners. If you run out of toilet paper and cannot get toilet paper, just use coffee filters, and it's cheaper to get a pack of
1: coffee filters. You know what's weird? serendipitous even i went out this morning at about five thirty because there were other things that i wanted to get so, some of the things that we do with our business we do need gloves and sanitation is going to be incredibly important over these next few weeks so i was like i need to make sure i can still get gloves like you know work latex kind right. of gloves yeah um and so i went out to get those gloves which i did successfully find and i tried to get toilet paper and i'm in this massive walmart and it is just it's nothing I mean, not even like paper towels. There was nothing on both sides, completely empty all the way down. But the weird thing is, I bought coffee filters, a bunch of them. (laughs) And I didn't do that knowing (laughs) your life hack. And I was not industrious enough to put two plus two together and go, hey you know, these are better than corn cobs. <laughs> yeah, corn cobs. Yes, that's what
0: they used, from what I understand, during the Civil War to clean their bojancas. That's,
1: that's what you're telling yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Huh.
0: Now, that may or may not be true. That could be an urban legend, but that's... Oh, I believe it. What I've been That's what I've been told. So there's a lot of things at work going on here. Let's go back to just a few months ago when we started talking about nihilism and we started talking about the fear of God. And we talked about not believing everything that the suits and the media that they're telling you. And that's what I really want to encourage our listeners to do is there's so much noise out there. It gets confusing. And there are people that are really scared. And this can be a very scary thing. Life as we know it is changing. Yeah. The way that we do work is changing. People are working from home. This is a total revolution in things. Education systems, what I'm involved in going to a totally online uh, system for classroom. Hmm. Unheard of. There are online schools and online classes, but now it's this thing where it's really happening and this is what they're looking at as being the delivery mechanism for classes right now. No classroom instruction, but just doing it all online. So things are being totally revolutionized right now. And what I want our listeners to do and anybody who's listening to this, don't Just give in to what the media is telling you. Don't just give in to what the panic and the hysteria and the chaos is is saying. Seek the Lord and listen to what he's saying in this. Me, personally, I am not scared of this. I am not terrified of it. It's not like I'm going to go roll around in a big bowl of Corona. You're healthy. I'm healthy. And you're not that old. Thanks. (laughs) 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 Says the guy who is one what one year one year one year older than me yeah i'm actually taking a look at this from what is it that god's been stirring in us here and what is it that god could be doing for those that are believers and i really see this as a time of refinement of fear a refining of fear because when we go back to when we were talking about the nihilism edition and i recommend all of our listeners if you haven't heard that one go back and listen to it we talked about the fear of the Lord and what it says in Proverbs uh, chapter 9 verse 10 where it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the holy is understanding and after we had done that for me with things that I'm working through in my life and things that I'm doing personally I've had to fight a lot of fear it's been fear factor. For me, I didn't realize how much fear and how bound up my heart and my mind is in fear until I started working through these things. So I know that I am not the only person that deals with fear. We are so bound as a people by fear. As a matter of fact, if you look at the way most of the world runs, it's run by causing people to be f- afraid or intimidated.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's like instant dance. If you want people to buy certain things, Scare them. Yeah, it's 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 like well, you know what? I've had three other people call about that particular Buick, but you know it. it uh, and then people are like, "Fear of loss." Yeah, it's a classic close, man. It is you throw a little wizardry on it people, is. and they buy. They line up,
0: and that you said that the wizardry, basically, the byproduct of witchcraft and wizardry, is fear. It's intimidation and manipulation. So if somebody's not walking in the Holy Ghost and they're not really trusting or they're not trusting at all in the power of the Lord to do things and they're not trusting and resting in his sovereignty, they resort to fear tactics. And I see this so much when I go on YouTube and I take a look at some other ministries that are out there that are exposing the evils of the media, that are exposing the evils of Hollywood. Now, I'm not downplaying that there's not evil there But what they're doing is they're just feeding people what they want. They're they're tickling that fear, getting the adrenaline rush by Mm -hmm. watching. Oh, no, there are satanic themes in in Mickey Mouse. And they get people all worked up about that. And there is no redemptive quality behind what's being done. It's not pointing them to logos, not pointing to, hey, well, you know, this might not be, you know, of the Lord what's going on here. But. This is so look this way, it just feeds off of all this fear. And in taking a look at this, a lot of what we know as the church, what we perceive as Christianity, is fear based. Yeah, it's not the fear of the Lord, though, because there's a difference. And I want to talk about that a little bit in a few minutes. But that's how you get people to go to your church you get them scared, that's how you get them to do what you want them to do to control them. So, a lot of our friends that we have that don't that aren't believers that are really cynical towards Christianity, I can understand where they're coming from because a lot of times we just stir that pot. You and I could get on here today and be like, Oh, and I know that there are people doing this. Oh, it's the end of the world. It's the tribulation is is coming. I don't know that.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I just don't know. All I know is that there's a bad illness that's out there. And if things get out of control, it could overload our healthcare system. Yeah. And I find it really, Kind of cool and interesting how the private sector is now being coming involved in all of this to stem <laughs> that, that this was off. a good move by and the
1: president that know? was
0: yeah you know politics aside you know you guys can care whatever way you want but that was a really good move bringing the private sector in because the government is not here to take care of you that's not what it's here for bring the private sector in and this has been something that was realized after 9 11 with security that the government can't handle it also yeah we need to depend upon the private sector to help out and that's really where the brain trust and the brain power is is in the private sector
1: yeah absolutely so i think that was brilliant fear is it's it's very interesting i remember reading a newsletter i won't bring up the name of the ministry because it still exists but the the founder is passed but um and legitimate gospel believing gospel preaching ministry but uh they would send, I remember a good friend of ours, I was at her house, and I looked, and she had gotten a newsletter from them. And they were using the most manipulative, creating crisis fear tactic um, to try to get money and donations. And it's like, I, you see that politically with fundraisers, all that stuff. They're like, uh, help us reach our goal. We're almost this, we're not going to be able to, you know, and, it, and they create a crisis they create that fear stimulus and then you respond. And the reason people do it is it works. It really does work. It's funny that you say that because, as our listeners know, we're
0: working on putting together Rockfest in June with Disciple coming into Charleston. Rockfest is still on. So, our listeners that have tickets and are planning to come, that's in June. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But so far, what I've gotten from the Lord is just to wait, be still. Wait for him. He's sovereign. He's the one that kind of moved us into that date anyway. But when we've had these goals coming up that we've needed to meet financially to pay the bills, I could feel the fear start rising up in the inside. Be like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to get on the phone. I got to go do this. I got to go do this. (laughs) Basically, what I get is, Clint, just shut up, (laughs) okay, and settle down. I got this, (laughs) all right? And it's like, so for me, working through the different aspects of putting on probably the largest step of faith that I've ever taken in my life. I want to get anxious about it, but then it's like the Lord just speaks so clearly. No, don't. Don't do that. Don't resort to fear. It's going to be okay. And every time he has met the need that we've had. So for our listeners that are listening and you're seeing all these great metal shows being canceled, Rockfest with Disciple in Charleston is still on on June 6th. So We're making that happen unless we are told by the Lord otherwise to do something different. And he he will direct the steps. And you'll see. He's sovereign.
1: Another thing, like, I do believe the better part of the world economy is an airball, separate show. But uh, the whole fiat currency and where it's going and just, I I think it's plagued. You know, the other day the Fed prints $1.5 They just do that like it's nothing. But that is an, a staggering amount of money, and you can't do that forever. And no. we, since the crash in 2009, we've been doing that. Quantitative easing, quantitative infinity, quantitative until it blows up. It will blow up. So there is kind of a mercy, and I'm not saying that it's a good thing that you know people are going to die from a weird disease, but there is a mercy in people being a little rattled out of the comfort zone Mm -hmm. instead of this illusion of the perpetually um, bullish market that it just keeps going up and up and up and prosperity and prosperity. And for some of you around the world, in the United States, we've lived good for many, many years. Real good. Yeah, 09 was the scariest thing that's happened to most of us. Now I've lived in the third world. Glenn and I have met a lot of people and done a lot of things. So we get it. We can empathize better than maybe uh, some just – other people in the United States could. But that's why it's like toilet paper. You know, <laughs> right. they can't relate with oh no I'm going to starve or I'm going to die. We've had everything. We got food just everywhere and then so it's like oh no <laughs> I'm going to be out of toilet, <laughs> toilet paper. paper. And that's that that primal fear rising up in the first world problem way, I guess.
0: That shaking that you're talking about is something that I believe really is happening. God is showing us several things. I would say that this is, and everybody hold on to your seats, because this is going to be different from what you're hearing probably from your fear-mongering crowd. This is judgment in a way. Now, when you take a look at what judgment really is, it's not just gloom and doom and just boom, the hammer coming down. It's making things right the way that they should be. And when you make things right the way they should be, when God starts correcting things, it's painful. It's hard to be corrected. And it's hard to get on the right course of correction. So I see a lot of things here being corrected. And for us as believers, I see opportunities for blessing in this. As a matter of fact, if you go back and you take a look at when the plagues were coming upon Egypt before Moses led Israel out of Egypt, Nobody was touched from Israel when the plagues came. Nobody. Egypt, that was going on, and that was to get God's people to a certain place. So looking at everything that's going on here, I really believe that God is bringing us, as believers, his church to a whole different place at this point in time. Because when you take a look at fear, we really don't have an understanding of it. I didn't have an understanding of it, even when we did the one on nihilism. I know what the scripture says, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Got that. But what about all this other fear? Because there are many different aspects of fear, and you see fear mentioned a lot of times in Scripture. As a matter of fact, in the book of Revelation, we read that the fearful and the unbelieving will have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. I
1: want to study that. That's always been a curious uh, thing to me. I I want to talk about that. I, I took a look at that because
0: this is really curious to me because we're told fear the Lord, and then we're told to fear not. And what I've been finding, and this is something that we've been finding as we've been looking at Scripture, and that is the English language is very imperfect. Mm. When you take a look at Hebrew, which the Old Testament was written in, and you look at Greek, which the New Testament was written in, they're very precise, and those words have very precise meanings. We just kind of throw things around, and where are we at now? We're, what, using the Urban Dictionary now? And that's pretty much where people are getting their definitions of things. So when you take a look in the book of Proverbs, the word for fear, the Hebrew word for it is your And it means two things. It means reverence and it means dread.
1: Hmm.
0: Two different things, two different aspects of it. So to understand what it's talking about, you need to take a look at the full context. So if you take a look at the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So for somebody who is not a believer, that fear is actually a dread. Because dread occurs when you're out of harmony with God. Yeah. There's really three things that people dread if you think about it. The first thing is God. That's why they stick their head in the sand. They dread the universe because the universe is scary. The coronavirus is part of the universe right now, and there are people that are dreading it. And the other thing, and it ties into what we're talking about with corona, you're looking at a dread of death so when you're not in harmony with god when you're not in harmony with the universe the only thing you can do is dread it and we've talked about this before is we need water to survive water is a good thing water made that coffee but if you drink too much of it water will kill you you can drown in water everything in this universe can kill you that's causes dread now if you're living in the peace of the lord you're not going to have that dread so But then you have the one meaning reverence, and that's where God wants you to be. That means to fear him, to obey him, to listen to his voice, to acknowledge him and have faith in him. That's the difference. Instead of just running around doing your own thing and making up your own way to try to get to heaven and your own way to be spiritual, revere the Lord. So When you take a look at the book of Exodus, chapter 20, when Moses was receiving the Ten Commandments, it says this in verse 18. It tells us that the people on the ground there saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. So when you read that, here here we go again with the imperfect English language. They removed and stood afar off. In our mind, we think, okay, they removed themselves from the mountain and stood far away. That's not what removed means in Hebrew. It means to be timid and to dread, Hmm. to shake and to tremble. So they shook and they trembled and they dreaded and they moved away from the mountain. That's what they did. Here we have it, that fear of the Lord. If you dread the Lord because you see the law and you see your sin, that's a good thing. But God doesn't want you to live there. As a matter of fact, uh, being out of harmony with God is spoken of very clearly in Romans. We've talked about this the past couple days. Romans chapter 8, 6 through 8. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, it's not in harmony with God. It's actually an enemy of God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. What moves you from dread to godly fear is the cross. You can't continue to live in dread. And we experienced this when we were in the cult. There were days that I dreaded, actually most of them, going to Sunday service. Because I was afraid of what God was going, what God was going to do or what I thought was God was going to do through the guy that was leading the organization. Yeah. It was always this pronounced judgment. Well, you didn't do this this week, so your family now is going to consist of a bunch of whores and prostitutes, and you're all going to wind up on crack.
1: And it, it's so weird because it, it was more subtle than that for the most time, but you still had those un, those fears. Yeah. You know, when we were leaving, you know, it got really weird. But you know what's amazing, Glenn? If you look through the scripture And you look at different encounters of, let's say, Isaiah. He's Mm -hmm. a prophet. He heard; he was a great prophet, right? Oh yeah. um, He heard from God. He prayed. All these things, but it's it's kind of funny because it seems like it can get redundant because when he had a revelation, when he was able to see, I guess, into heaven, Mm -hmm. right? And um, he had that numinous dread. He had that terror. Even with the peace and the, but it was like it was a whole nother level. Like every time, it seems scripturally that when you have a great revelation of God and His holiness, there's always going to be part of you that freaks. You know, like, and that's why the angels were like, "Fear not, you know, don't, don't, yeah, don't have a heart attack on me, you know." <laughs> yeah, they would, they would come and show up, and the first thing that they had to, it wouldn't like somebody was like, "Yeah, what's up." Bro, you know, to an angel, yeah. even it, it, that's not even God. But it was so they were so stricken by terror. That's where I get lost a little bit with charismania, and I, I guess I would be considered a charismatic. I don't know what I am really, but it's like, you know, if I'm rolling around, and supposedly the Holy Spirit that's got such a an overt hold of me or a grasp of my senses, at a point. At least statistically, I think it kind of departs from the scriptural norm. If I was like completely sobered and freaking out because of my intrinsic evil (laughs) or i was sitting there going like i'm so unclean and not in like beating myself up but like isaiah he was willing to go forward and to but you you, he felt really bad about himself about who he was in front of this holy god and all these things instead of it being some giggly sensual like thing i don't feel like i belong in most churches i just don't I, i don't know glenn i'm a i'm a confused puppy sometimes but coffee filters yeah, that'll take <laughs> care of all the
0: problems. That's what we need. But in that true dread before the Lord, that conviction, and that's something we're going to talk about in a later podcast, what conviction really is, because there's a lot of misunderstanding about that too. That dread that you have before the holiness of God, there's a sweetness to it.
1: Okay, yeah. I was about to say, if if you can break that down, like with, uh, let's use Isaiah, right? Mm-hmm. So he was... Granted, in the Old Testament, but he was still a partaker. He knew more about the gospel. You know, he knew the gospel. He knew the gospel. Okay, yeah. big time. So it was like, okay, cool. He was full of dread. He was undone. He had this revelation, but like you say, there was there was an ecstasy. There was a sweetness involved in, in that, huh?
0: Probably the same as the sweetness that you feel at that point in time of salvation where you realize that you're undone, but it's sweet because you know there's a way out. Yeah. Or probably the most recent example for me going back, what, 13 years, 14 years now, the day that I stepped away from pastoring and the Lord dealt with me and you were there in the room when that occurred, that that was not the place for me, maybe at that time, that I needed to step away from that and the Lord just dealing with me of the things inside of me that I coveted that position more than feeling called to that position Hmm. at that time. And being dealt with about that, I was getting spanked, but at the same time, it was awesome because I'm like, wow, God's talking to me. Hmm. He who is other than me and very much greater than me is talking to me, and there's a way out from what I've been doing.
1: It's kind of funny because sometimes just the attention of, you know, God speaking to you or moving on you, it may be the words, hey, stupid, <laughs> <But> <laughs> or <you're>, shut up, <laughs> but you're like, he, he spoke to me. Hey, God spoke. Well, what did he say, brother? Uh, hey, stupid. No, no, I don't want to put words well, in God's mouth. I'm being funny. Why but. do you
0: think people are seeking so many different types of spiritual encounters? Because they want to have contact with something that is greater than they are. Yeah, that's true. Why are people so fascinated with, oh, I want to meet an alien or I want to have a close encounter of the third kind? Oh, I want to touch out, and reach, and have tangible something that is greater or mysterious. Yeah. God built us.
1: To desire mystery I mean, we're pre-programmed for numinous dread I mean it's it's universal there's not a single culture like you have all these like loud-mouthed kind of atheist people that act like oh it's ridiculous to even conceive of, of being a deist that's ridiculous the the notion has always been in human nature there's not a culture that is devoid of of spirituality or worship or a dread of the the unknown, you know, fear of ghosts, fear of spirits of ancestors, fear of of the great spirit. You know, it's 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 intrinsic. You know what I've noticed over the last couple of years, um, especially going through all the stress, of being self employed during the recession, and just reading all the headlines and getting reading about politics and economics, and just I would read and read. And I would get, it was some sort of cycle, maybe a dopamine cycle or a, what's that other, a cortisol. I don't know, but <laughs> you, you work it and you work it and it gets you all worked up, you know, like a cup of coffee. And then it's almost like you need it again and you need it again and you get this, this sort of cycle going on. And then I started backing off when I discovered that I was like, you know what, half of the stuff they're telling me, 90% of it is just nonsense, it's just fear. It's it's just they're lying to me. They're trying to get me to do something. They're trying to get me to buy gold or yeah. trying to get me to, you know, do something. I'm like, "You know what? I'm tired of that noise." So I I started reading more books. And now I find it soothing. I enjoy listening to like um St. Augustine, you know, it's like it may be a 1700-year-old work, The Confessions of St. Augustine, and you're listening to this affection for the Lord that that man had, and he's pouring out his imperfections and his lust, and at the same time you just see how he loved God, and and there's not that that fear that, that, that he's a good example. Yeah, he's a good example. If you haven't, for our listeners, if you haven't read Saint Augustine, the Confessions of, uh, I want to say Saint Augustine, Saint
0: Augustine, <laughs> Saint Augustine, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I go to there and go NASCAR <laughs> down in Daytona sometimes,
1: but um. Yeah, I am from the South. I don't know what happened to my Southern accent. I listened to that show, the radio, when I I was on terrestrial radio. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man, you You sounded like we we pulled you out of the bayou. I was like, hey, y'all, we're (laughs) glad to be back today. And Diddy and them are going to. No, I never had a twangy southern accent but it was stronger than it, was it is was stronger now. than it everybody is. because you've been hanging around me probably get all connecticut up in here <laughs> no but uh it's kind of funny because glenn and i are, he's uh yankee born and bred and i am Southern, totally. born and bred and then uh fear yeah fear fear yeah perfect love Cast, Cast out, out all fear. Cota <laughs> got it wrong. Thank you. I don't know what he was mumbling about. He's probably not regenerate. I haven't heard his testimony. In uh,
0: I, we need to talk. We need to sit and talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a call. Um, but perfect love casts out fear. And here's one of the misconceptions that I had personally, as a believer. And I think the misconception got kind of cleared up. Maybe like. 72 hours ago <laughs> in preparing for this. We get so arrogant when, we, when we're when we saved. It's like, oh, wow, I understand the truth. I've seen it. I've seen the truth. And there's there's a childlike faith to it. And it's like a kid with a new toy or finding out something new in school. And you think, well, now that I'm saved, I must really do love the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And just the other day it became apparent to me that in my life that is not true. Dear Glenn, <laughs> shut you up or still a jackwagon. <laughs> it's it's not true. Because having perfect love means that the only thing that you fear is one thing. Okay, it's real simple, people. There's only one thing you need to fear, and that's God. That's it. Everything else is nothing coronavirus don't need to fear it now you do need to take precautions and everything like that but you don't need to fear it your life does not need to totally just shut down you you can get out of bed tomorrow and do things even though there's a coronavirus out there but perfect love casts out that fear and when you're really moving in perfect love and that word perfect means mature so it's an evolving process
1: Oh, okay yeah, yeah that's that's a nice breakdown because I'm sitting there, you know we have this thing about perfect thinking that uh, it's got this ideal, this perfection, but the biblical use of it a lot of times it means complete or mature. and then when you think about that of this maturation and the beauty of a love relationship with God, learning more about him, being chastised, being brought up, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, you you grow in that relationship.
0: So here we are with Corona and where
1: I'm the, I'm drinking coffee actually. <laughs> Modelo. <laughs> you know what their stock? I have mean, their down. stock? It's 40. I feel bad. I mean, Corona <laughs> it's decent beer. It's like 40. I think their sales are down 40% just because of name recognition. Shows the irrationality of fear. It does. It really does. Huh. It really does. But for the Bride of
0: Christ, the Church as a whole, when I said earlier, did we
1: just go from Corona beer to the Bride of Christ? We did, we did. <clears throat> but there's going
0: to be good wine at the at the wedding feast of the Lamb. Yeah, that's true. It's going to be some really good wine there. When you take a look at this, with what's going on and the Church as a whole, and I'm really encouraged to see this. Our, our brother Stacy posted something today, and I posted it up on the Lithos Cry Facebook page, where he's encouraging people just to be still. And to trust in the Lord, not to get all freaked out. And the majority of what I'm hearing from the church is, don't fear. Just fear the Lord. Don't fear. Don't give into the chaos. Don't go into the panic. And I see this as a collective maturation of the Bride of Christ.
1: Hmm.
0: Maybe perhaps even for the next thing that he's calling us to. Hmm. Yeah. The gospel has to be preached. And one of the reasons why the gospel has been watered down and one of the reasons why it's not been preached in boldness is because people are afraid. What are they going to think of me when I preach the gospel? What are people going to think of me when I tell them the truth that there is a heaven and a hell and that the only way to heaven is through the shed blood of the Lamb? That's pretty bold stuff. And you have to get past all of that. If you fear the Lord, it becomes a non-issue. Right. But if you've got all this other fear, that's got your heart and your mind all locked up. So I see really some good things possibly coming out of this for believers throughout the world, especially here in the United States who are encumbered by Western civilization.
1: Well, let's say in the next few years, there is a massive kind of economic reset. There's been, you know, David Wilkerson, there's been a lot of different people that have talked about it. There's people that have degrees in economics that are like this whole little fiat thing we got going on is it's been abused it's not gonna keep going so if you can imagine like i've thought about it last two or three years have been tough tough on both of us a lot of stuff going on and it's like you sometimes you sit there and you go god okay man if i preach some nonsense gospel then money you know (laughs) those people get money (laughs) i know yeah (laughs) but you look at it and go whoa are you going to be better off if you've already started training and swimming in cold water? When the canoe tips over and everybody's in there, who's going to be ready to be a lifeguard or start pulling people out of the cold water other than somebody that had to start swimming in it early? And I'm like, you know what, what is God preparing us for? So I, in that aspect, I do think there is some mercy of having to walk through this. Now, in the modern day, if we were on like a, a farm in the middle of nowhere, and you didn't read the Drudge Report twice a day or ten times a day, and you didn't listen to Fox or CNN or wh- whoever you listen to, and you didn't have all, all these talking heads going, you're going to die probably tomorrow. Your kids and you. No, you're going to catch on fire. A plane stay falls tuned. out of the sky. Yeah, stay tuned to Fox News to find out if you're going to die. They're eating bats in China. <laughs> Are they going to eat you next? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah. and it's like, and we get addicted to that. It's. I think it's hormonal, and then and it's like, whoa if you back off or you unplug from that and start going so it's prince of the power of the air using that manipulation stirs up a bunch of fear when you're under a bunch of fear you're very malleable you very we talked about that um on the nihilism thing you're very um you're fearing how can you be fearing that and fearing god at the same time you can't yeah i like how you
0: bring that up because the other day again this was a dan and glenn talk on the way home from work at about 3 30 4 o'clock in the afternoon I was thinking that day. It's like where is it, where is it in Scripture where it talks about God bringing your worst fears upon you? He does that. Hold on to your theological seatbelts. You know, strap on. Uh, I'm not being a meanie here by saying it, but there is biblical example of where God does bring your worst fears upon you. And I said, like Dan, where where is that in the Bible? Because I just couldn't think of it. And Dan got more Sunday school hours under his belt. You had what all the attendance pins are going i
1: went i think i got third or fourth in the louisiana state championship at bible (laughs) drill actually that was a lot of it was a big deal so
0: i asked dan i was like dan where
1: i know all the scary scripture yeah
0: (laughs) where does it say in scripture about god bringing your worst fears upon you And you're like yeah somewhere in job and you're like i don't know job or something like that so i went looking yesterday and sure enough it's in there and I took a look at Job and I went to Matthew Henry to see really what's going on in here. First of all, the thing that really popped out to me was that it was God that gave Satan the idea to sift Job. Yeah. That, that Satan wasn't like, hey, God, can I uh, sift this guy Job here? God's like, hey, have you considered my servant Job down there? Why don't you, why don't you go uh, you know, pull him uh, around a little bit and go toy around with him a little bit? That may sound mean, but you have to understand who Job was. Job was the guy, when you read in the first chapter, who's making sacrifices for his children just in case they sinned too much while they were feasting. Hmm. To me, that sounds like anxiety.
1: Hmm.
0: You know, from the human point of view, it's like, oh, wow, what a righteous man, you know, making these sacrifices for his children just in case they sin. Dude, do you know how many people live in the bondage of doing things just in case they sin? That is not how God intended us to live. Hmm. God never intended even under the Old Testament and the law for people to live that way.
1: That's a real, that's, that's real astute, bro. No, that's a good, uh, that's a good uh, breakdown. So God used Satan to shake Job up, a shaking like
0: we have going on right now. Because when Job said, all of my fears have come upon me. Hmm. Well, one of the things that happened is all of his... All of his boys, when the wind came through, knocked down the house, killed all of his boys. Mm. And here he is making these sacrifices for them to keep them righteous just in case they sinned too much. Now, did they sin too much? or uh, we, we don't know. But he did all these things to make all these precautions to take everything to be ready, and God blew it down. It was God allowing Satan to do that. And when Job said, all of my fears have come upon me, that word for fear... Use there is dread. Hmm. All of my dreads have come upon me. So there are people that dread financial ruin. There are people that dread death in their family. There are people that dread all of these things. And God will allow those things to happen. He will allow those shakings to happen, especially
1: financial ruin for people that are believers. I am so scared I'm not going to have enough money (laughs) in my bank account. No, wait, wait. do the opposite. Uh, Yeah, yeah, let's let's wire this thing. But
0: there are people that live that way because they're afraid not of the Lord in reverence. And, okay, God, you're my provider. He's jealous of that misappropriated dread. Exactly, exactly, where you're focused on what Job had, when you read it in the first chapter, is what we would refer to as sin consciousness. Been there. Uh, yep. Been there, done that, ain't going to go back and do that one again.
1: Wait, at, earlier, you were talking about kind of the arrogance that you can get after you get saved, and you think you have a real understanding of something, and it's like, I, it's like, I guess on a knowledge level, I feel like I know a lot of stuff, but as far as revelation It's like, it's weird. It's tricky. It's like the more that you see, the less you know about what you don't understand, the more questions you have. Maybe that's wisdom. Maybe that's fear. Cause then you, at the end of the day, you're like, uh, he's sovereign. I am this vessel of clay, either for honor or dishonor. You know, it's up to him. And me fearing, oh no, it's not going to be, you know, this or that or whatever. It's like, um, but then at the same time, not not embracing some sort of foolish passivity, you know, I'm yeah. not going to go lick a doorknob to prove that, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'll only get Corona una. if it's God's will. Exactly. No.
0: That, or handling snakes. Yeah. You know, no. That's we not, weren't in that not type wise. of cult. No, not that one. No. More the doorknob licking one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's start a new cult. The yeah. The doorknob lickers. Doorknob lickers. Doorknob
0: lickers. Yeah. Going back to the fear and the way that we've been programmed... I was thinking about this. We have coronavirus. It's it's a pandemic. And unfortunately, Hollywood and television has really gotten us to this heightened sense of fear. Because you take a look at Night of the Living Dead, Night of the Walking Dead. Oh my, it's the zombie apocalypse that's going to come. And even, many of you have probably read it. I haven't, but I really don't want to because I know it's really kind of more spectacular than what it should be. The whole Left Behind series that came out back in the 90s that everybody was just scooping up because it was so epic all right I never watched them I, I it. didn't I, I just heard that it was probably a little bit more over the top than I saw a m- movie based on it I think Arlie Ermy, the guy who played the drill instructor in Full Metal Jacket was the president of the United States in that edition of it for some reason I, I watched it but I think we get programmed by Hollywood, by television, that when a crisis occurs, that it's going to be the zombie apocalypse. And in thinking of things, when you take a look at going back to the plagues that were upon Egypt, Egypt really didn't know why they were going through what they were going through. Pharaoh hardened his heart when, when he knew, but just the common guy that was living in Egypt, oh, you know, picking up the what stone tab, the papyrus, you know, paper. Oh yeah, we had, you know, we frog plug yesterday. What does that mean? It wasn't Cecil B. DeMille epic. Does that make sense, Dan? Right. Movies and everything like that. I think when we eventually do move into the tribulation period and all of that stuff really starts to unfold, we could be starting there now. I don't I don't know but it's not gonna be like the beginning of this epic movie. It's just going to gradually occur. And I go back and I think when Jesus walked the earth, he had his disciples and there were many that followed him, but there was a larger portion of the population that had no idea what in the world was going on. Exactly. Had no idea that he was there. It wasn't like, oh wow, Jesus is here. And all of these big, grandiose miracles like you see in the Ten Commandments movie were happening. I think we over exaggerate a little bit.
1: Well, yeah, there's, it's, we live in a weird time where the collection of eyeballs in the digital age to be able to focus on information um, all at the same time and to be manipulated through that or to be able to react instead of being somewhat segregated in individuality and going about your daily life, but yet probably having a very connected social network that when in a th- more authoritarian, at least in the United States. So, if it, I can just imagine different a different architecture of a society where people, you know, in their individual lives, they weren't sitting here knowing that um, oh, so and so there was a rape and a murder, and then all the news right. that we get all we the time—it's overwhelming. With it, yeah. No, it's weird. Um, you were mentioning um, a president. You you would make a decent president, like in a movie. If I ever do a movie, I'm going to cast you as the president, and um, before the the uh what mars attack (laughs)
0: thank you mars attack
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm thinking of how you're gonna die it'll be pretty cool no no you're gonna you're gonna do something cool but you you do probably have to get close to death i don't know okay we'll we'll see we'll see how that plays out but you understand what i'm saying i do we get so
0: in our mind we create these vain imaginations and then we miss it
1: that's Say that again one more We time. create
0: a lot of vain imaginations of what we think it's going to be, but then we miss what it really is. And
1: I think we're very much prompted to do so.
0: We are. We're prompted to do that through the media and through Hollywood. Again, look at when Jesus was on earth. Everybody had these grandiose ideas that at that time, the Messiah was going to be the one that liberated them from Roman oppression. Hmm. And because they were hung up on that grandiose idea at that time, they missed who he was. And how many times through life when we look back, even during the times that we struggle and we go through hard hardship and tribulation, and we're like, "Oh man, this is this sucks, this is horrible. Oh, this is bad. Oh, I don't know if I can make it another day." And then you look back, you're like, "Wow, that really wasn't as bad as I right. thought it was A- almost every time almost every time. It's the way that we think. we need to change our the way that we think.
1: you know, I think if you examined it. There's something to do with being plagued with perpetual fear and panic that seems to bring out the darker, more mediocre part of our nature. And When I'm talking about human goodness, I'm not necessarily talking about ethical, Mm -hmm. not necessarily uh, spiritual righteousness, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like if I've heard different people speak, and I brought this up before, that were somewhat isolated, like a man that was falsely accused of rape, put in jail when he's 18, 19 years old, stays in there for like 20 or 30 years, and then gets out, cleared on DNA. He never did it. But when that man spoke, he was isolated, went through all this suffering, went through all this stuff, but he was away from it all. He was locked up, doing hard time, right? Mm-hmm. And when he got out, the way he spoke, his intellectual way of being was very different. It was deliberate, and it had this, I would call it an integrity a weightiness about it and what happens is we're kind of an adhd as a culture as a digital culture because it's panic it's fear it's salesmanship it's manipulate we're bouncing and we bounce we would seem like flakes like i was listening to hardcore history dan carlin love it recommend it um the other day, and he was talking about uh, the king of Persia, and I like the way Dan Car. I mean, he like he's like Dan. <laughs> he can talk about something boring, and then they folded the tortilla. <laughs> you know, he can talk about something boring and make it super exciting. But he was talking about the when they would take like an oath, you know, and they would uh, you know cut an animal and like kind of biblical sort a of covenant things. making. Yeah, it make it make a covenant, but it was like it was serious stuff. They would lie and cheat, but they did not publicly. It was a very, very honest culture that happened in different places. And a lot of them were very godless in the sense of the one true living God. But ethically, they were deliberate. There was, there was something. So there's something to even us being able to walk and be not flaky about not being plagued with fear about everything else because that demands your best. But here's the thing. It's hard for you to express loyalty When you're running away, it's hard for you to express patriotism of giving your life for someone else, for something else, for a higher cause, for the gospel, for anything. If you're, I'm gonna die. You know, if that takes hold of you, you cannot be in true service. It, it, It would be like if I was trying to, if I was taking care of my family and we're in a life or death situation. And we go off a bridge, and our vehicle is sinking, right? And I could go, I'm going to die, right? And try to preserve myself. Well, any man that, that would be worth his salt would be able to have to deal with that cowardice and right. have to go right back in and be like, he would get enough air, and then he would go and try to make sure everybody was out, out of their seatbelts. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what saying. And I'm not saying, saying that's
0: easy, you know? And to me, that sounds like something that's referred to in Scripture as a sound mind, now, would you follow any man that was schizophrenic? I think both of us probably did. We did! Hey, wait a minute, yeah. And look at the torment that that brought into our lives. But God calls us to be the light, to be the leader. Not the not the butt. We're called to be the leader. <laughs>
1: oh, man. You set up so much comedy, but I'm going to refrain. Go Thank ahead. you.
0: I was thinking toilet paper again.
1: Um, he calls us to be the leader. And you can't be
0: a leader if you are double-minded. You can't be a a leader if you're schizophrenic. You can't be a leader if you are not resolute, and this is the way we're going, and I, damn the torpedoes, we're moving ahead. Right. All right. It calls for being of a sound mind. And in order for that to happen, we have to do something, or we we have to put down the fear. We have to crucify our flesh. Dealing with fear, when you're first saved, you're dealing with all kind of the small stuff at first, like the porn, all right? Uh, uh, you're, you're walking through that or being angry or using certain curse words and things like that. You know, God deals with you on different things, maybe drinking too much, maybe those things.
1: Punching people. Punching people, <laughs> flipping
0: people off in traffic, all the, all the small stuff. But once you move past that stuff, then you get to the bigger stuff, because some people are like, well, it's just my personality to be anxious or to be fearful. Well, let's go back to Revelation chapter 20. Now, if you're saved and you experience fear and you deal with fear, no, you're not going to hell because the blood covers that. But it's for those that just continually live in fear and fear everything else but God that have never been saved. And fear is at the top of it because you've got all those other things in your heart rather Mm. than the fear of the Lord. You're fearing everything else. But you start moving and progressing. You move into that perfectness of love that he's moving you into To grow so that you can be the salt, so that you can be the light, so that you can lead others towards the cross. One thing that really before I was saved that turned me off to Christianity was the flaky Christian, Hmm. the double-minded Christian, the one that was scared of their shadow when they walked out of the house. Now, after I was saved, yes, I was scared of my own shadow because I really didn't know. And that's the truth with everybody. You know, you're you're a babe in Christ.
1: Well, work out your salvation with Fear and, fear and trembling. And trembling. There, there is something to fear. <clears throat> there, there is, is there really someone is. to fear.
0: There is an aspect of fear that we do need to address is the torment aspect of fear. Hmm. It's a spirit of fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear. I want to know what that word is. Which one? The spirit. Numa. Oh, okay. Okay. It's, you looked it, it up. It is, you yep, sneaky dude. It is not an impersonal force. It is an actual spirit. Interesting. And fear, the spirit of fear brings torment. And it's very similar to the torment that we read of when you hold aught against a brother. Mm. So when you're operating in fear, not the fear of the Lord, not the reverence of the Lord, but being afraid and directing that fear towards all of these other things, you've opened yourself up to the tormentors, to the jailers, and they will torment you. Mm.
1: I've been there, done that. Yeah. Well, at a point. I was thinking about this because I've been surrounded by women pretty much my whole life. I have um, a lot of sisters. I have daughters. Um, I'm married. I have seven wives. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> I have one. Um, she's more than enough. <laughs> Anyhow... Um, what I wanted to bring up is there is physiological fear in the sense of hormones. And I'm saying this from the perspective of being able to see that sometimes women especially can deal with major fight and flight. And, and it can overwhelm them to the point that they feel like they're going crazy or they're literally panicking even when they're not really choosing panic and i don't want any of our listeners to get condemned kind of feeling like oh no i got to work on my fear when if man if you're going through premenopause or you know you're doing something like that you can feel weird and you can feel like you're in sin like you're choosing but if you look at the subject matter you're, you might be freaking out over nothing, and that's usually that physiological thing. There's, there's something that if I took a, a syringe full of something and put it in your veins and you started feeling crazy and scared of stuff, that's not what we're talking about. No. And you have to learn how to deal with that because it can lead to that, and it can lead to that addiction like we were talking about, that fear that you just, oh, I need something, I need the drama, I need this, and you keep going. So I was just thinking about that and just to be able to differentiate between the things in your flesh, a spirit, an outside demonic force drawing you into something, a mixture of all three, a demon trying to take advantage of the hormonal stuff, trying to take advantage of the the airwaves and scare you to death with false propaganda or something that's going on, or even a real legitimate fear, whatever it is. But it's, uh, no, it's interesting. I think this is a, a timely, um, hmm. timely program. When you say that
0: about you've got the demonic dimension of it, manipulating the airwaves, mani- manipulating your hormones, because there is f- the fight or flight, uh, adrenaline and cortisol. I know a lot about cortisol after having the brain tumor removed. Yeah. My cortisol was up and down and left and right and all over the place. There was a time that I had not enough cortisol and it almost killed me. Hmm. Uh, One of the things that does increase cortisol is licorice. I kid you not. So I was shoveling licorice in left and right to get my cortisol levels up. But you get very lethargic with no cortisol because your uh, adrenaline is just shutting down. And a lot of times people that suffer from adrenal exhaustion, the cortisol, a lot of people that struggle with weight gain, it's because their cortisol levels are... Um, i believe too high Uh, you can correct me our listeners can correct me if i'm wrong on that one but it, it affects everything so when you get the demonic manipulating your hormones and the airwaves to manipulate your hormones basically what it comes down to they just want you sick and dead yeah okay i think the fear of the coronavirus is going to have more of a mental health and health impact than the actual coronavirus. Oh, for sure. You know, for sure. I, I really do. Not to say that this is not serious. This is a serious situation.
1: Yeah, it's unprecedented.
0: It's 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 a little bit weird. Yeah. Isn't it weird, Dan, how, what, 19 years ago now, we started on radio? Two week, weeks after 9-11. We started the week of 9-11. Yeah. Several days after 9-11. Oh, yeah. yeah, we were supposed to start two weeks after 9-11, but our schedule got bumped up.
1: Yeah, it did, and put and, us right on the yeah, airway. And we
0: were dealing with people calling in, because that was a call-in show that we did, people calling in afraid of what was going on.
1: We know it's interesting. You remember Bibles were just selling off the shelves, yeah. and people were turning to the Lord. And even, almost back then, it was like, even celebrities, worldly celebrities, people were like singing Amazing Grace, and at least looking God's direction, or at least going like, okay, well, everybody's looking that way. And you think it was a horrible event, probably a lot of political manipulation. I don't know what it was all about. There's a lot of things that are big question marks, but it's like, you look at what's going on right now, and we've been overdue for a pandemic, and hopefully it wasn't created in a laboratory. You know, we don't know that. We'll never know that, right? But it is real. The panic is real. It's real. And when you sit there and deal with it and have a a calmness, and, um, you know, I've I've been very, I've had to put down fear and and turn to prayer for my older parents and um, just, and then friends. And I I know people, I know of uh, an individual right now, a family friend um, that came back from overseas and pretty sure they have it, you know, and just, you're like, oh, and you concerned for his parents and yeah, it's a lot of concern a lot of a lot of things
0: something else that's good that does come out of this is it does cause us once again to consider our mortality the fact that life on earth does not last forever and causes you to think of the questions of well what does come after this life yeah yeah because we get so wrapped up in the world around us and we get into that mode of, well, this is, this is all that's here. But then when you have something like this, people are afraid of the coronavirus because they're afraid of death.
1: Yeah.
0: And there is an answer. And that answer is through Christ. You can live through forever through Christ. As a matter of fact, I was having a discussion the other day, going back to the cataclysmic epic explosions and, and everything like that, When we take a look at when Christ returns, there's this misconception that it is going to be the end of the world. It's not. It's going to be a change in the world. Hmm. The world is not going to blow up. The earth, it is going to burn like an oven. We know that. There's going to be a lot of shaking to make things right that are painful. And yes, there are people that are going to die during that whole unfolding, the, the apocalypse. But the world is not going to blow up. It's going to change. It's going to be a change in, what would be the word to describe it, Then Change in epoch. Uh, epoch yeah. change yeah. is what it's going to be. It's not the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. <laughs> okay, it, it's not taking
1: me back to college. Yeah,
0: bro. man, REM. Man, if when we were in college, if you listened to REM, you were cool. That was that was the cool them and Pearl Jam. Yeah, those, those I were the bands.
1: Cleaning for inspection. Yes, it was, it was the end <laughs> of Love the, the world. world as you know. Yeah, it did feel like the end of the world. <laughs> yeah,
0: <it did. laughs> doing that. But we get again. It's not going to be this big explosion. The end of the world. Fear God. If you're not saved, man. If you're not saved. And you've been kind of sitting on the fence. Reach out to us. You know, we'll talk to you more about that. God has to do that. You, you have to respond to it, but it's God that saves you. Glenn and Dan can't save you. You can't save yourself. Religion ain't going to save you. Shall on. we take our next, next call, please? <laughs> he definitely wouldn't have saved you. Um, but it's it's God. So... <laughs> That coffee I gave you is really good. Thank you for calling open forum. (laughs) But reach out to us. Um, Shoot us an email. LithosCry, L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y at gmail.com. You can check out our website at LithosCry.com, L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y.com. But I'd really encourage you to share this edition with your friends. If you've got friends that are scared that are frightened about Corona, about what's going on in the world, share this edition with them. Not that Dan and I may offer any help to them <laughs> whatsoever. We just hope that is how God uses us. I mean, we are two completely imperfect vessels. Um, our lives don't look anything like it looks like in the fishbowl. This, this pro- vocal processor is awesome that we've got in here. Uh, but it's God. Uh, you know, Most of the time before we come in here, I feel like a total dirt bag yeah can i even do this that way thank you just smell that way i I appreciate the brutal uh, honesty
1: being anywhere (laughs) y'all pray for me (laughs) no glenn's a good dude man
0: thanks dan dan's a good dude and we're going to go get some coffee filters so (laughs) that that, uh in case we have to poop we, we can take care of it that's just being real people you know, that's just being real. That's too real. Too real.
1: Oh, okay, I'll, I'll dial it back a
0: little bit. But re- please reach out to us at lithoscry, L I T H O S C R Y, at gmail.com. And while you're quarantined, peace out and rock on. lithoscry.com.